What up, MVPs? Thanks for tuning in to another episode from Faulty Logics. This is the Raptors Den. Uh, today we have a special guest with us, uh, a good friend, Aaron. He, uh, if you watch any of our other uh, Faulty Logics uh, content, he was on one of our episodes before. Talks about we talked about mental health awareness, but uh, as usual, uh, you have myself, Dan. And uh, token black guy, Peter Danso. What's up, guys? Should I say your last name? I should edit that out. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's all good. All right. Find you so, on Facebook. <laughs> uh, yeah, what do we have on the plate today? So, yeah, guys, so we have a good agenda here today. We're going to be talking about Raptors' first matchup, who they're going to be running into playoffs, who we, who we would prefer them playing against and whatnot. We have a couple newcomers to uh, teams, Brandon Jennings to the Bucks. He had his debut the other day as well as a player that's playing out of control for the Los Angeles Lakers, Julius Randle, um, and his little beef that he had with teammate Isaiah Thomas. We also have some NBA analysts giving love and hate to the Raptors, if we're legitimate in the playoffs or not, um, especially Paul Pierce and others amongst them. We also have some very old um, player drama news that's basketball-related that we would like to get into a little bit here as well. We'll touch on it very briefly in um, Blake Griffin as, uh, as Tristan Thompson, and their extramarital affairs outside of the basketball and everything of that nature. Um, of course, I know Dan wants to talk about this giveaway that we've been doing on ongoing for the last couple months here. We're so close, guys. Let's get those numbers to actually put it over the top. Yeah, so just before we get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast, uh, just keep in mind that we're doing a, a giveaway. Uh, when we get to 100 subscribers, we're going to pick a, somebody from the comment sections of any Raptors Den episodes. Um, make sure your profile or your YouTube account is set to public so we can tell you're subscribed. Again, leave a comment. And uh, when we hit 100 subscribers, we're going to pick two winners to earn uh, to potentially win a $15 Google Play gift card. Come on, guys. We're so close. A couple more subscriptions and we'll get there for sure. Um, so actually, let's get into the, uh, the actual podcast here today. Get some good basketball conversations going. Um, so the first... Topic on the agenda here today is the Raptors' potential first-round playoff um, adversaries and opponents. As of right now, currently sitting in eighth place, it is the Miami Heat. So if playoffs started here today, it looked like we would have another barn burner matchup against the Heat. Um, so let's toss it to our guest host here, A.A. Ron, seeing how you feel about if we were going to play the Heat, and if not, who would you rather the Raptors run into for the first-round playoffs? I think I started off. Mm-hmm. I want to see the Bucks in the playoffs. Seriously, I want to see the Bucks. Even after what they did to us last year, seven games, and that, that was not an easy series. So here's the thing about the Raptors: we're going to seven games with every team. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does not matter who we face. Pacers Fair. went seven games the year before. Well, Bucks not with Paul George. This to... is a totally different team. I still feel like we're going to get to seven games. We're the Raptors. It's our thing. Lose game one, win game seven. <laughs> hey, that, that that is pretty much what happened for the last couple of years. As long as you don't get bumped out the second round, right? Yeah. How about you, Dan? Um, I like the Miami Heat matchup. Uh, obviously, the games that we had early in the season, there's a lot of tension and stuff. Um, I like to see that kind of like playoff uh, atmosphere or that physicality. So I think it would be super fun uh, series to to watch. Um, at the same time, um, yeah, maybe even the 76ers. Uh, I think that would be an interesting thing to The thing is that the like 76ers, you don't really have a real rival for them. So it doesn't matter who they play. And don't forget, we were coming out of the mouth of the biggest 76ers fan on this podcast, um, Dan. So of course you would like to see those two guys go off. Yeah, but 
at the same time, I don't want to see them in the first round. Like, we don't get bumped out. But if anybody's going to bump out, I think the 76ers should get bumped out first round. That's fair. Um, no, both good points there from both guys there. My personal opinion, I, I think I would definitely like to see the Heat first round over the Bucks or the 76ers. Purely with those two teams, they both have length, like defensive length. And Ben Simmons and Giannis and Tenacupo, both respectively for those two teams, where it just looks like the one Achilles here for the Raptors is defensive length. If the other team has length on our defenders, DeMar DeRozan usually gets stopped. Kyle Lowry never gets a good shot in the paint. Our big men can't really get up and down the court with athletic, mm-hmm. lanky big men that are going against them like Henson for the Bucks. He's had a game against us every single time they played. Um, in all honesty, the Heat don't have as much length as the other two teams. Out of the bottom four teams, which are which ones? The Heat, Bucks, 76ers, and Pacers. The two best teams to face match up against the Raptors would be the Pacers or the Heat, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I think honestly, if we face anyone other than though than those two teams, like Aaron said, we're probably going to seven against whoever we play against. <laughs> but going against the Bucks or the 76ers, that seventh game is gonna be sketchy to watch but what i have to say is that miami heat they are a grittier team yes and that, they are. And that's what i don't like about the matchup they are a grittier team at least with the bucks we have the advantage down low mm-hmm. we have jv until they turn the small ball which is what they go- Take- but they have greg monroe though coming off the bench who's a relatively no, he's new. that was last season he's with the celtics now Oh, yeah, he did go at yeah, the yeah, trade did. deadline. Right? The last free agency. And at the end of the day, true. you really think about it, all they have is Giannis, and he can't shoot threes. Well, they just added... He can't shoot outside the paint. They, ha- they added Eric Bledsoe at the trade deadline, and they added... Uh, Brandon Jennings. Brandon Jennings, who oh. just almost had a triple-double. I have a comment about the Brandon Jennings. <laughs> well, Brandon Jennings is coming up in the next in the next topic here. That That's for sure. But like you were saying, though, they, they don't really have too much shooting around the spectrum because Giannis can't shoot outside the paint. Like, if anyone's watched this game, he doesn't shoot outside the paint. But it's the driving kick. They mm-hmm. have a, tons of shooters around them. Middleton. So, Dallavidova. Mm-hmm. They have people around them that have been deep in the playoffs. Well, not really deep in the playoffs. But have had playoff experience and can make the big shots at the end of the game. What I'll say is the Raptors, we're not the best three-point shooting team. No, not by any means. We have the volume, but we don't have a good percentages. Fair. Milwaukee, I feel like they're closer to us with three-point shooting. Yes, they have players that can hit the three, but they're not known as snipers. Bledsoe, not known as a sniper. He could hit a three, mm-hmm. but you don't want him taking a bunch of threes. That's mm-hmm. true. Same with Della Matthew Della Vadova. Matthew Della You get him moving, he's not hitting a three. That's fair. Right, he has, he has an ugly shot too, or at least a weird looking shot. shot. And Giannis, you're gonna have to paint. rely on his driving game, but you know he's not shooting the ball, so not you can sure. play up on him. Sure. So you're not gonna be really scared with the with the catch and shoot or the drive. You or know drive, he's not gonna be kicking it out as much. Yeah, you give the him only the only person you really have to worry about, in my opinion, is Middleton, but he's gonna have his hands full with DeRozan. And let me tell you, every game, DeRozan suns him. It's true. <laughs> the Rosen sons. How about Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon? He tor- he torched us last playoffs. Like he, if we lost that series, it was going to be because of Malcolm. Yes, Giannis there as well, but the X factor was Malcolm and his his length. Yet again, another lengthy guard who we just don't have anyone to guard. 
granted, we have DeLon Wright who can match up with him nicer than Kyle Korver, um, Kyle Lowry, Lowry did. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're still short on that on that um, aspect. If Malcolm comes back and plays at the the level he was playing at last year, that's just another mm-hmm. X factor for them. I feel like if we change our defensive schemes this year, Brogdon won't be as much of a factor. Because if you watch Lowry in the playoffs, one of the things that's very frustrating is that he really overhelps and plays up on people. Yeah, He gambles too much. He doesn't play smart defense. Mm-hmm. He goes for that home run play. If he just chills out for like a second, Brogdon, you get in his face. He's not really driving on you. Well, he can. He can, but that's not his game. He's more of a... He's more of a facilitator. Facilitator. Like he's like that cog in the offense where you could swing the ball to and trust to not make a bad decision and take exactly. the shot if need be. Well, that's fair. That's fair. I think another thing with the Bucks, though, I know we're really hammering on the Bucks. Without the leadership of Jason Kidd, they still have an interim coach. Mm-hmm. Going into playoffs when you have to shorten your bench and coaching is a hell of a lot harder in the playoffs because it's all about matchups. Can this new interim coach find the right pieces at the right time? to make them um, effective in the playoffs? I don't think so. Granted, he has been doing a hell of a job since Jason Kidd has left. Like, the Bucks have been doing better than what they were starting at. But it's still it's still uh, an unknown. I still think the 76ers are, like, a still a good matchup as well, too, because uh, we're looking at a team that hasn't seen the playoffs in a lot of years. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, 10 so years. So they, they're... Their young experience, the way they've been playing, has been very messy, sloppy. Make a lot of. I think they lead the league in turnovers, and uh, with the Raptors that play extremely fast pace of basketball right now, very free flowing basketball rather than isolations, they can capitalize on something like that. It's true. Um, the big thing that they have to deal with is just Joel Embiid, realistically. Yep. Um, but I think JV has played good games against the 76ers as well. And we do have the benefit of. of- Putting a couple guys on. We can shift off Ibaka into him a couple minutes of a game. JV can take the brunt of most of the work down there as well. Yeah, the 76ers are good. It's nice to think that the Raptors are so much deeper than every other team that mm-hmm. they would ever face in the playoffs because our bench is unbelievable. But going into playoffs, when you shut, when you cut down the, your, the people that you use, that's that potentially might hurt us because we are so dependent on our bench playing solid 15 minutes a game without that ability i think we might fall off so with the 76ers being that fast-paced turnovers our guys are gonna get tired do we have the legs to actually gun them the whole game well to add to that though the fact that our bench is playing so much right now that means our starters are getting a lot of rest that's true i don't think any like kyle kyle and demar haven't played more than 40 minutes a game in the last month and a half i've heard so I just want to say one thing in Fred Van Fleet. We trust he's going to take us to the promised land. He's going, to, he's going to get finals MVP. Okay, whoa there. If you're starting to call finals out stuff MVP? like that, I don't know. You're going to hear first. The next, invitation, podcast. the next invitation might have to be revoked there. Simply no, based but, on his haircut. He has one of the best haircuts in the NBA. You no, see that fade. I, I got to love. I, I love Steady Freddy. He, he's been doing work for us the whole year. Um, it's just a shame that this is a contract year and he's he's going to get paid by somebody and he's he's probably going to leave us, which is going to hurt. But hope, hoping the best for, for Fred Van Vliet there as well. Hopefully he can give us a home team discount on, on the contract year. 
But then again, let's not start thinking about next year. Let's finish this year. We're first in the East. Let's make it worth something. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but moving on to the hot topic here in the room, I know this is the big elephant in the room. I know that Aaron and Danny have some good points that they want to bring out about this next topic. Brandon Jennings and his comeback to the NBA. He had his debut the other day with the Milwaukee Bucks. Of course, I unfortunately missed that game. I did not even know he plays for the Bucks since he, since he's come back and announced that 10-day contract. But Aaron, I know that you had something that you wanted to bring out about uh, Brandon Jennings. So uh, I'll let you take the floor. I don't like it. Because here's the thing. Here's what I don't like about it. So you have the guard rotation of Bledsoe, Brogdon, and Delhi. And Delhi. Right? Those are the point guards. Yeah. The uh, Eric, fact, Boy, Eric Bledsoe's an off guard, though. You can't call he's him a still, point he's guard. He's still the starting point guard. He's a combo yeah. guard. He's, yeah, yeah, you're a combo we'll, guard. We'll call him a combo a guard. Dem- Devin Booker. I don't like how they could just let Brandon Jennings come in here on a 10-day contract and just kind of take the reins like that. Why not? If you if if you are on a team all season, you be getting these minutes. And all of a sudden, you get get an ex NBA player on a ten day coming in, taking your minutes and just taking the reins, having the green light like that. How would you feel about that? I think it's uh, the situation though, because if a guy's hot, you're gonna ride the hot guy. So if he comes out and he shoots well, and you're gonna keep him in, and like it just so happens he put up a near triple double that night. But I don't think he's going to take away minutes uh, from guys like Eric Bledsoe and uh, Chris Middleton. I think they're still going to have Eric Bledsoe, I mean, sorry, um, Brandon Jennings come off the bench. Of course. And him coming off the bench is crazy. Like, there's not a lot of, not a lot of second unit players are going to be able to guard Brandon Jennings, in my opinion. He might struggle a little bit about starters, but he'll kill bench players. And he will, he struggles on defense. He is a defensive liability, but... Don't get it twisted. All these guys that he's stealing minutes from are NBA professional players who know what they signed up for. You're not producing. We will find someone that is. Yes, I'm, I understand if I'm Chris Middleton, Della Vadova, I've been with this team for the last 60 games of the season. Now this guy that's coming from China or wherever the heck Brandon Jennings came from, I don't know what league he was playing in, coming for a 10-day and he's taking my minutes, that just means you have to ball out of control. Like, you have to ball better. If someone's going to come and steal your minutes, you have to fight for that and, and show the coach why this guy shouldn't come and take your player, take your minutes. I'm sure Delhi's okay with his minutes being taken away. Like <laughs> Kyrie took his minutes away. That's the next thing. Like, <laughs> see, see, that, see, that's the thing. If Kyrie comes in, I'll be like, okay, you know what? I kind of understand. At the end of the day, these are NBA players. They are prideful. They were always the best growing up. Yeah, so to have someone come in and seemingly not necessarily earn the minutes, he just comes on in there. We but you know the guy can play. It's just a focus thing. He had to get refocused. If he, if he could really play, then why was he just in the league now? It's a reality day? check. Because he got he got satisfied with the NBA lifestyle, um, lost his passion to play. Yeah, and he and just got he complacent. Just fell off. He got complacent. I, I wouldn't even say it was um a reality check. It was a, it was something out off outside the court. So it wasn't just his play that got him kicked out of the league. It was something behind the scenes. It had to be attitude. Like if you ever had a, on a basketball team before, there's always the aspect of coachability. If you can't take criticism and you can't show steps of improving yourself, I'm not going to have you on my team. So it's more or less okay. So I understand that you're a good player, Brandon Jennings, but if I tell you to pick and roll and go to the left and you just don't understand, why am I going to keep hitting my head against yeah. the wall if, if you're not going to learn? Go to somewhere, figure out 
what what we are looking for you to do. Come back and see what you can do at that time. And let's not forget, like his rookie year, he had like three fifty point games or something like that. Well, Brandon Jennings like, is a scorer. That is something that could get to your head as a rookie, and you're gonna think you're a tough shit. Like yeah. Donovan Mitchell, kind of a similar situation where he's a rookie and they pretty much gave him the offensive reins. But you can tell from the way that Donovan Mitchell is, he's a super humble guy. Like I don't think he's gonna let it get to his head. Next thing, you know what? I'm here for the hot takes, <laughs> and you're gonna hear it first. First one, study Freddie's winning the finals MVP. <laughs> okay, so we're writing Second that one, down. Write that down. Second hot take. Brandon Jennings emerges. It's a locker room cancer. The Bucks implode. <laughs> and then we face the heat in the first round. <laughs> uh, not gonna lie, that's not that big of a hot take. That is very possible. Like Brandon Jennings has been a cancer in some locker rooms. I don't know what happened in the situation in the Pistons when he was there briefly. He got bounced out of there real quick. Yeah. So it's like, it, well, it he me. he also he also got injured. So that when you well. come back and if you look at him as a player, he's not the most athletic. No. He's not undersized. The, he's undersized. So when you come back from injury, it takes a while to get your feet. Get your feet under you. Missed so opportunity you for the Cavs. So if you don't, oh. hey, if they, you don't have the one thing just... you offer, scoring, yeah. and that quick first step, then you have nothing. Kind of like the IT right, right now. Why I got traded from the Cavs. Actually, Speaking of funny, IT. Funny enough that you brought IT up there. Uh, and that's a good segue right there for us. So let's jump into the Lake Show. We can talk a little bit about the Los Angeles Lakers. How they, in all intents and purposes, have turned it up in the in, in as of late. Um, the last couple of weeks, they've been getting big W's against the, the Cavaliers. <laughs> they got a big W against... Um, I'm pretty sure Boston, they, or they went hard against Boston as well. Yeah, they beat Aaron. Denver. They, they beat, beat Denver, Denver as well. Talk about team. Lonzo recently. So I know Aaron is a, is a resident um, Lonzo Ball fanatic. He's a big baller. So let's talk about the big baller brand, Lakers, Julius Randle's upcoming, Isaiah Thomas's beef with Randle and the Cavaliers. Let's just dive into the Lakers show. First of all, if you don't like Lonzo, you win the big baller. <laughs> you win the big baller. Simple as that. All right. Um, I just want to talk about the Lakers' win against the Cavs specifically. So Isaiah Thomas is probably like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you know, gotcha. hey, 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 hey. take that, LeBron. LeBron's well, like, first of all, I'm still going to the playoffs. Yeah, and where are the Lakers going to be? First well, of all, you signed for the minimum next year. You ain't getting that max. <laughs> Kuzma was saying that every time he scored, he would like start chirping the the Cleveland bench, and it's like, it's like. What up? <laughs> For Isaiah Thomas's defense, if I got exiled from a team like that, I would have the biggest chip on my shoulder. Yeah. Super salty. Yeah. Every basket is the NBA game-winning shot by at the buzzer. I don't give a crap if it's a layup or a foul shot. I'll be looking at the bench and giving him a wink every two points I get. But did you guys watch Isaiah and the Cavs? How bad he was. He was, was hurt. He was... Uh, from my take from Isaiah Thomas's stint in the Cavs, he was hurt, he got rushed back, and then he got shoved into a situation that he didn't create himself. So, of course, when you get put somewhere that you don't want to be, you're uncomfortable. And then the way to get comfortable, get your comfort level up, is by repetition, practice. He didn't get that luxury. He missed all of preseason. He missed half of the season. Cleveland doesn't practice. They don't practice anyways. And even if they were, you know it's not going hard at practice. So when he got put into the situation, 
one, the Cavaliers were struggling. Two, the Cavaliers were old. And three, the expectations still were sky high. So it's like, okay, the minute, the first minute of your game, you're supposed to get 25 points a game. We want the Isaiah Thomas of the old Boston Celtics, where it's not the same situation. So I think it's just unfortunate situation for Isaiah Thomas in whole in the Cavaliers' stint. That's true. That's true. He came into a team that had the championship expectations, exactly. and he was just trying to get healthy. Yeah, that's the but thing. the thing is, like, you could try to get healthy, you could do your thing, but you got to have a good attitude about it. Yeah, the way he, he came did. out of Kevin Love, he tried to take control of the locker room, <laughs> and it's like, you know what, man, you're shooting 25% from three, <laughs> you're like five foot five, you my height. <laughs> You you need to take a step back it's, before you start pointing fingers. It's true. Isaiah Thomas came into the Cavaliers situation thinking he was still the man of the team like he was in Boston. Um, so he came in a little hot, but I don't know. That's what you, you get what you pay for. I think even in the same situation right now in the Lakers, like Kuzma says, like, yeah, Isaiah Thomas is yelling at me all the time. Like every every minute of the game, he's yelling at us. But I think that's just the type of player he is. He's He's kind of like... Lowry, uh, with that pit bull attitude, I think it's the small man syndrome we talk about. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's just the way he is. But if you're not the man on the team, if you're not the best player on the team, you can't be like that. It and is. It is simple. Know your lane. Like, would you say that? And right now, him being on the Lakers, is he the best player on the team? Best player, overall player? No, I, I don't think he's the best player. Best scorer, hands down. Brandon Ingram could surpass him in a couple more years of experience because Brandon Ingram's game is all around unbelievable. If he can just find himself, he could be lethal. But yeah, he did a good job of developing. His first year, he didn't look too he good. He added a lot. Yeah. But I just have one hot take on Isaiah Thomas. In the 30 for 30, about his time in Cleveland, we're going to find out he... Just like Kevin Durant, he had Twitter, Twitter burner accounts. The comment, yeah, the Cavs are stupid for trading our T. <laughs> they go. That that is another account. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Our T on Cavs forever. They gonna regret trading him. And hey, honestly, I think they they're not regretting it. Don't get me wrong. They're still gonna go like you said to the playoffs. Uh, no, that's true. I can see Isaiah Thomas getting those burner accounts going. Really? You think he's that petty? That's hilarious. You, you don't? Come on. He was the first one to call out his AAU teammate for for taking the time off. Yeah, of that. but like he, that's, he that's called petty. him out like in front of his face, you know? That's fair. He's in not doing it team. behind the back. Like, you don't see Kevin Durant go out and like say that shit to Russell Westbrook while he's playing OKC, right? But, just but, like but there's also out. a time of there's also a time and place and a way to convey your message. If yeah. you point fingers in front of everyone, then it's your buddy Jay Crowder yeah. to back you up. Jay Crowder is scary. <laughs> I'm sorry if he if he came up to me like, "What's up?" Hey, just. Take, just my, take, my, take my shit. Take my like, wallet. What else you want? Want to come to my house? <laughs> he, he house my... Like, I'll give you my TV too. Like, Jay Crowder is scary. Like, it, it's, I, don't it, like I don't like that. It's more or less the Isaiah Thomas came in too hot, pointing fingers in a situation that he, he knew very little about. Like, I don't know. He came in thinking he was still the best, thinking that this team was the best where expectations were too high and, and they couldn't sustain it. Well, can you blame him? In Boston, averaging almost 30 points a game. Face of the franchise, and he was treated like a god in Boston. Yeah. 
They chanted his name. They big up him all the time. And as like someone who was like, how tall is he actually? Five eight. Five eight. Five yeah, eight. That's an NBA listing. Five eight. He's with shoes. Five, five eight with shoes. He comes <laughs> in like getting MVP chance. Thinking he smelled himself. That's fine. That's understandable. Yeah. What but, about him playing alongside Lonzo Ball though? Like Lonzo's hitting threes recently. Because he's a big me? baller. <laughs> what surprised me is Isaiah Thomas is looking to move the ball a lot more than he was in the last two teams. Sure. It looks like he has more trust in this crop of guys than he did even in Boston. And, and Boston went deep in the playoffs. So it's like. It's I don't know weird. if it's about trust. I think it's Boston Necessity? traded me, Cleveland traded me. Maybe I should actually pass the ball this time <laughs> if I want to stay on the team. And we also keep in mind that, like, he he was a big fan of Kobe growing up. Yeah. Like, Lake, well, being from, in the Lakers. He's from California. He's, yeah, he's from L.A. Um, is Washington, he from Washington State. Yeah, he's from Washington State. Just okay. got that now. So, either way, like, being on the Lakers or being a part of the Lakers organization, being on his contract year... That he's going to want to kind of secure that spot. Like, you knew that going to Cleveland, I think I mentioned it before too, like, even though he was coming to Cleveland and he's been put in a, uh, a championship situation, he was not a fan of LeBron James. No. He chirped him even before he was a pro basketball player. And uh, I don't know, he just kind of had to adjust to it because he didn't have a choice at that time. I feel like Isaiah Thomas probably couldn't also couldn't deal with what Kyrie dealt with. You know, being LeBron's teammate, you're all, you're automatically up. seen as the one B. Mm-hmm. LeBron is going to be the it's dad. His team. It's going to be the dad. He's going to be the number one. And just being a young guard, the narrative's always going to be LeBron took you under his wing. So, I bet Isaiah, he already has the biggest chip on his shoulder. Yep. So he's going to be upset that again LeBron gets all the credit. Doesn't matter what Isaiah is doing. It's LeBron. It's LeBron. As someone who has yeah. as prideful as Isaiah. I know you need a confidence to Yo. be a 5-5 five, five in the league. But he's got to stay in his lane, man. He does have to stay <laughs> in his lane. And knowing, going back to the point where he's passing the ball a lot more, I think you hit it right on the head there, Dan. It is a contract year. He knows he's been passed by two teams and two well-respected teams in the organization. Knowing it's a contract year, if he doesn't change, obviously something. He's going to go to one of those bottom feeder teams. Yes, he's going to get paid out, but why do you want to go back to the Kings? He left the Kings we'll to the see Boston. Him on Dallas. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like, I, I yes, money's everything. I, I don't care if someone's going to pay me fifty million dollars a season. If we get three wins a year, what the hell's the point? Like, I'm sorry, I want to win and I want to get paid. So mm-hmm. try and get the best of both worlds. If, if he goes to Dallas, starting a little man's club. Him, J.J. Barea, and Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> go get Ferrero. together. Yogi. Yo, They're just all going to go to Six Flags and be like, hey. Small man syndrome. <laughs> hey, you- I, what do you mean we can't ride this roller coaster? <laughs> what do you mean? Do the little rascals thing, put two guys on top of each other's shoulders to try and sneak in? Then they just go with Dirk. He's like, their dad. Dirk's, Dirk's retiring this year, first of all. Mm. He's... I don't see him playing another year. This guy looks like he's in pain every time he takes off his that, he, that's he just wants Dirk. To, he wants to play. He wants to play. He does. That, that's just Dirk, though. If you watch young Dirk, even, his I, fadeaway jumpers would look like it pained him. I, honestly, like it's not just his jumpers. It's just his movement all, yeah. in, all together. And I think the only reason why he's getting minutes right now is because they're, they're tanking. I was going to say, tanking. they're last in the like, league? Like They're playing Dwight Powell. Who the f- 
As much what? of a Canadian as he is, Canadian like, who boy? gives a shit about <laughs> Canadian boy. I hope He's been he in the well. league for how many years and like what, nobody knows him. Four five. That's like, true. Yeah, Dwight Powell is not that nice. No, no one's really nice on the Mavericks though. He's not going to replace Dirk. No, uh, no one's going to replace Dirk though. I think Dirk is just playing right now, just be, like I said, just because they're tanking, and uh, you know, might as well let him pad some stats for his, uh, his Hall of Fame career. Exactly. He's going to the Hall of Fame. It's a, it's a, it's a done deal. He's sure. an MVP, uh, finals MVP, he's For a sure. championship. Yeah, he's going to the NBA in the mm. Hall of Fame. But going back to the Lake Show, we really didn't talk about the Isaiah Thomas-Julius Randle beef. And we actually haven't really talked about Randle and his out, outstanding play since the All-Star break. I think he's in third in all the major categories in points, rebounds, assists. Um, since the All-Star break, only behind LeBron James and um, Westbrook, I do believe. One, I don't know if you if you guys have seen the the video with him and Isaiah Thomas getting into it in the bench, and it looked like it was throughout the whole game, not <laughs> just like one instant. Yeah. One instant. Um, what do you think they were arguing about there? Um, I think it's the same thing uh, that Kyle Kuzma says. Like it is just always in people's faces, just yelling, and that's just the type of guy he is, right? But uh, I think Julius Randle is not the type of guy to kind of. Take Back it. down? Yeah. He's, he's a big guy. Yeah, you don't want to mess with Julius Randle. <laughs> I actually saw a little bit of the game. It looked like Julius Randle, he wasn't um, playing the best defense. Sure. And let me tell you something. If I'm Isaiah Thomas, I'm going to look back at Julius Randle like, hey, you know I can't guard nobody <laughs> up in this. I you, need you your know, help. <laughs> you, know this star, you know their point guard getting past me. You got to be behind me. <laughs> but speaking you got to be behind speaking me. Speaking about Julius Randle and his defense, oddly enough, I, I want to hear what you guys take about this. Uh, I heard um, uh, a soundbite that Luke Walton was calling Julius Randle the best one-on-one defender in the league as of right now. He is shortlisted to be defensive player of the year. Takes on that. I, I know, Aaron, you like the hot takes. What's your hot take about Julius Randle, Defensive Player of the Year, best one-on-one defender in the game today? I think shout out Luke Walton for instilling <laughs> confidence in his players. You know what I'm saying? That's what I say. That's what I say. If I'm playing, like I just play pickup basketball at LA Fitness. If if sometimes I pick up randoms, I don't know who they are, but I could tell. Oh, they're not too good. You know what? I still try to instill confidence in them. Like, go oh, shoot that boy, shoot that. I understand. Nice block, nice board, nice just not dribbling off your leg. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there, gonna... is, there is time to instill confidence if it is warrant confidence. You can't You can't go, come out of nowhere. You can't go to a, a guy that is five foot even, like five feet, and say, you can do a between the legs dunk. I know you can. That That is stupid. Like, that's not possible. Like, See, you, but the thing is, when we're... When you're at the highest level of basketball, you get there for a reason because you have that confidence where you can step up to anyone. The only person that doesn't have that confidence is Robert Covington. You see him fuck up <laughs> layups with LeBron behind him. Oh my he literally God, the only man. person so, who would so go up against an NBA guy. player and be like, you know what, maybe he's better than me. So just an FYI, if Robert Covington, if you're listening to this podcast somehow, we do apologize, but you just got called out. Hot Dude. take, hot take, hot yeah. take about... It's on my fantasy team, man. I, I feel it. And a 76er fan, so... I got a hot take about Robert Covington. <laughs> okay. He also has burner accounts. <laughs> he also has burner accounts. Where, where he defends himself on those... That one highlight of where he just botched the layup because LeBron was behind him saying, oh, his hand looks slippery. <laughs> his hand looks... You could tell the, the moisture in the air. 
Okay, but the moisture in the air made the, the precipitation. Water <laughs> came down. Some sweat got in his eye. I think he chipped on a shoelace. You know what I'm saying? He ate some popcorn on the timeout. Had some butterfingers slipped off. It wasn't LeBron. He he ain't shook. He ain't yeah, shook. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. Robert Covington, you you would be shook. I, I would be shook if I'm going down the fast break and I see LeBron behind me, though. So that's kind of kind of intimidating. Yeah. Um, I'm not. But, but going I'm back to... um. I, IT and Randall, I, I think you were right. It is just about the aggressiveness about IT, just always wanting perfection from his boys, um, which is kind of weird. Like you were saying, know your lane. You're brand new to this team. Are <laughs> you in the best position to be barking orders to a guy where you've only been in this system for what? It's been maybe a month? Yeah. Maybe a month? Can you be calling and making coaching decisions when you've only played with these guys for 30 days? I don't think so. That's yeah, good. that's a good way to get kicked out. I'm saying like you could challenge people on your team to get them to be better, but you can't just bark at them on on live TV. You no. can't do stuff like that. And Julius Randle, as uh, as you said, he's not gonna take that from IT. Julius Randle looked like he wake up mad. Huh? The good thing is that you did. There was a clip later on where they kind of like squashed the beef after as well too. Yeah, there there was sh- that. The there was the one. That is the the saving grace that they did shake hands after. It looks like whatever they were talking about did come into a resolution, which is nice. Yeah, it's he just, was basically just like, look, you know, at the end of the day, I'm I'm trying to win. That's that's what it that's is. what we're, that's what we're looking to do. Make a team better. Yeah. Okay, but we beat this dog dead here for us. So let's move on to the real topic. The NBA analysts as a whole, I am grouping them all together here. Yes, there are some bright spots. I actually like the Raptors and think we are legit. But it seems like NBA analysts as a whole don't believe in the Raptor hype. Except Charles Barkley. Except Chuck. And as well as except Kenny the Jet Smith. He believes that we are pretty decent. Maybe not the finals, like Chuck says. Yeah. But he he thinks we have a run in us. And Chauncey. And Chauncey Billups, former Raptor, like, liking us as well. But the overall consensus going from like Stephen A. Smith, mm. Paul Pierce, Jalen Rose. The overall consensus is saying the Raptors, we ain't shit. And yeah, people are still saying it's gonna be it's gonna be either Boston or Cleveland. That's it. Yeah. Some people have even included Indiana. It's like what? Well, the f- well, Indiana maybe not, but like the Wizards have been bonding out of control without John Wall. Um, yes, we have ourselves. The Raptors have been bonding out of control as well. But like there there are good teams in this in the East, other than LeBron James, the Cavaliers, and the Celtics. I think we're number three in offensive rating or offensive efficiency or something. And I think that's league-wide. I think we're behind league-wide. Like, yeah, I was going to say the, the Rockets yeah. and the Warriors. And exactly. then it's us. Yeah, only team in the top five in each category. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's and unbelievable. Paul Pierce's main argument is basically like, look, like they, they're, they're an NBA season team. They're not a playoff team. Oh, my Like God. every time they come into the playoffs, they get bumped out. They get bumped up by Brooklyn. Paul Pierce, he like Twice. Talks, himself, <laughs> talks about himself in third person. Like seriously, like... At the same time, like, yo, Paul Pierce, you're not in the league anymore. That's true. But then again, to Paul Pierce's credit, even though I, I think it's totally stupid that he was saying that, like, I know you don't like the Raptors. You never played for the Raptors. You always had rivalries with the Raptors. And, and we're ahead of his team. Yes. But it's the, it's the fact of Paul Pierce has knocked us out for the last, like, f- what, three years? When he hit that one shot with the Wizards, when with he was Wizards. on them with the one time. When um, the big three in Brooklyn with Brooklyn. Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and um, I don't know who else was on that team with them. Joe Johnson. Yeah, Joe Johnson. When they bumped us out in the game seven, when Kyle missed that layup in the paint. Granted, 
Paul Pierce has done it when when Messiah infamously infamously said F Brooklyn on that team. Paul Pierce took that personally <coughs> and he single-handedly kicked us out of that ter- out of that playoff. So granted, Paul Pierce has a case behind what he was saying because he's seen it firsthand. He has eliminated us twice in the playoffs himself. It's a different team. It's a different league. Paul Pierce, you are retired for a reason. You can't ball anymore. We are new players. I think it's totally unwarranted. It's not It's not something that he has expertise on this season. I think he's just talking out of his ass. <laughs> okay, uh, two things. One, petty. Yeah. <laughs> Analysts like Paul Pierce and even the TNT crew, they admit they don't watch NBA basketball. There's As too much. much going on. So they're not going to keep up with the team like we do. No. So they just go on old narratives. So that's why they have that. And number two, Paul Pierce gives me anxiety as a Toronto fan. <sighs> I <I've, laughs> I think all of us right now in unison just need to say fuck Paul Pierce. <laughs> we we just need to let out a like one good fuck Paul, Paul Pierce. Pierce. Uh, all right? I agree with that. Ready? Okay, everyone on three. One, two, three. Fuck, Fuck Paul, Paul Pierce. Pierce. Okay, I, I, I do actually feel a little bit better. <laughs> that, that, that is true. But but then again, saying that, we have to take it with a grain of salt because what happens, God forbid, knock on wood, what happens if we get bounced in five games first round? Are we going to be like, Paul Pierce, you were right? Sorry? Nah. Nah, I'm going to still tweet him. Fuck Paul Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so there are other people that aren't believing in the hype of the Raptors. I... I like to buy in. I, I don't know if I would go as far as Charles Barkley. I know we said this in the last podcast. Finals, NBA Finals, is 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 a stretch. I like to think we should be going to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's almost a given. Knock on wood if we play healthy. Still, I don't know. Paul Pierce is like almost confident that we're gonna get bounced in the first round, which is I don't even know. What about you, Aaron? Do you think Toronto Raptors can make it to the finals this year? NBA Finals. Let's, NBA let's Finals. I actually think they have a shot. They have, um, I'd say it's a 70-30, 30% chance we're getting to the finals if we face Cleveland in the conference finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, reason being, all the other teams, we could beat them in seven games. Indiana, the Pacers, Bucks. they're the same team. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Indiana, Bucks, <laughs> Heat, Washington. Washington, we could beat them. Seven-game series, that's the thing about the NBA. Seven-game series, the better team's always going to win. Now, here's the thing with Cleveland. Their lineup that killed us last year was a Channing Fire lineup. It's the fact that they had that five space. that could shoot the three. They don't have that same spacing that they had last year. They don't have a five that could shoot the three. Unless it's going to be Kevin Love. Unless it's Kevin Ooh, Love. Yeah, Love back. Well, then at the same time, slide LeBron at the four and then... Larry Nance. You, you but Larry even Nance, then, you exactly, now you have Larry Nance. So the matchup with the big man shooting threes isn't necessarily going to be there. And then if you look at their team at a whole, other than Corver and Love, they're not no. They're not knockdown three-point shooters. JR is a knockdown three-point shooter. He is shooter. not a knockdown three-point shooting anymore. He he has not been good this season. season he's, turned fair, it up, fair. he's turned it up as of late. He's gotten better, but he's still not that person that's going to put fear yeah. in my heart. Don't forget about my man, Jose. He's not getting any <laughs> he, play time. He's getting zero play time. He's but not no, getting any. But going back to that JR likely Smith, to play I, with the Raptors. I, I want to go back to that JR Smith. Yes, I, I still call him a knockdown shooter. Because, okay, granted, he's having a little bit of a struggling season this year. CJ Miles is in somewhat of the same situation. I will still call him a knockdown three-point shooter. Yes, he hasn't been really shooting well the whole overall season. Like you said with J.R. Smith, as of late, they've been turning it up. I would still be afraid of J.R. Smith 
and Kyle, and CJ Miles in the playoffs if they get threes. Like, yeah, one season's a different season, but like they, they are still, still shooters. I feel like I feel like he only goes your last game. And Jared Smith, he hasn't been he hasn't been shooting well this season. It's really as simple as that. But and you even know, players like Rodney Hood and everything. Jared Smith is the streakiest guy in the NBA. Like when he turns up, mm. he turns up for a few games in a row, and he's hitting like five plus threes, yeah. and then he'll disappear for a month. For for like a whole. So no, you just gotta hope he turns up at the right time. But exactly, you gotta hope he turns up at the right time. Yeah. As of this season, he hasn't even really put together a good week. I'll I'll agree with you though. I think uh, I think the Raptors can beat Cleveland. No, oh, yeah. Um, like people are always gonna say, well, you, you haven't. Yeah, you, you also you also have to take into consideration of uh, playoff LeBron. Like what he's doing right now, he's already almost averaging a triple double. How much more can he turn it on? In the playoffs, is it, is it? I think that's the only way Cleveland gets past us because of playoff LeBron. It's because we can't. We literally can't stop LeBron. The only thing we're gonna have to try to do is implement that strategy we did against Houston, where we let Harden get his and just shut down everybody else. And shut down everyone else. Houston had um in their last game they forty points. Have, no, like James Harden had forty points, but their team as a whole they only took like nine threes. Yeah. Well, and, and they they are the the top like three point shooting team with volume wise, because yeah. we know in today's league three is better than two. We shut that down. We let Harden get his. He had forty points. It was like, I think with that game with the Rockets game in, in particular, that was just a struggling game for them as a whole. Like yes, James Harden got his, but if you look at the whole team as a whole, the first quarter they only scored sixteen points. Doesn't matter how good your defense is. That's the other team helping you, just missing shots. Like, missing open shots that they should be and that they have been hitting before. So I don't think we can bank on that again for the playoffs because that was just an off night. Um, but I, I see where you're coming from. But what I want to say about that is a lot, a long time ago, Spurs used this, Orlando used this to get to the finals against LeBron, right, in the, in the conference finals. They let LeBron... Get his. This guy averaged almost a 40-point triple-double. And they shut down all the role players. Sometimes you just got to live with the one person getting his if you shut down everyone else. Because then it is a team game. That's and true. That's what we did to the Rockets. They only took nine three-pointers. And like, and that's that's absurd for a team like them. The Cavaliers wise. have a team that can be pretty easily shut down. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. They have a lot of players that can shoot the three, but they're not those snipers that they had like last year. They don't have that crazy... Ball movement. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I can't wait for these playoffs. I think they're going to be so good, so much more competitive than what we have seen in the past. I think like we're going to see a lot of game sevens, a lot of game sixes this year, which I just can't wait to see. I would love to see the Raptors and Warrior. Uh, sorry, Raptors and Rockets in the finals, just because it's so different from what we expected at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Everyone's constantly like, oh, Cle uh, Cleveland and Boston. Golden State. Yeah, Cleveland. Right? Like, it's going to be third year in a row that, or something, whatever, fourth year in a row. It's like... You know what? Whatever. I can Let's see it now. Them. Raptors, Rockets. Once the Raptors bounce the Cleveland Cavaliers in the playoffs, <laughs> I can't LeBron mind. goes up to DeMar DeRozan, takes his beard off, gives it to DeRozan, puts it on him, <laughs> and said, hey, beard off. now beard? you have a beard to go against the beard. Oh my Stupid. god. They Where, hug. How does your mind go into these things? I thought you were going to say the headband and put the headband on, which so, is a little bit more believable. So but, be before we move on to the next topic, mm -hmm. I, I like that you kind of bring that up. Um recently in the Toronto subway, 
Uh, oh. There's been advertisements going around that are trying to, same as what you see in LA and Philadelphia, of just the city trying to recruit LeBron James to Toronto. And uh, it pretty much, I think it was like 23 to the 6. That's what mm-hmm. it said, mm-hmm. right? If you're a Toronto Raptors fan, would you want to see LeBron James join if, this team? If you don't mind me well. in, um, uh, answering this question first, I would say with a hell no. Like, yes, if LeBron comes to the Raptors, yes, we would be a great team because like, it's unbelievable. But the way our team is set up, we are exactly that. We are a team. No matter where LeBron goes, you're not really a team. You are LeBron and company. <laughs> like... Where we are the Toronto Raptors with our bench being as deep, he wouldn't fit. We would lose too much. We would lose our identity. We would lose our ball movement. We would lose our defensive rotations. I I don't think it's going to be a payoff. Yeah, I think that's the problem with LeBron's teams is um, the players forget to do anything except shoot threes. Yes. So if you ask another person to take it off the dribble or a person to create, they don't really do it. Like J.R. Smith, the guy does not do any of that anymore no and yeah, if you do in new york and if you looked at him in new york and in denver before he was a he was an overall scorer not just a shooter mm. so it, you change your identity when you get lebron mm. in your team granted if you asked me this question about seven years ago when the raptors were in the midst of their rebuild i would have killed people to have lebron james come to the cavaliers <laughs> like i would have done murder it would have been bad <laughs> now that we are actually past the rebuild we're more or less looking to get that last piece to, to take us to the promised land I don't want to start again. But uh, I feel like if you have a chance at LeBron, you get LeBron. But I feel like Masai's a good enough GM that he, he could he could make it work. He could actually still implement a system it? and have players that could. You can get rid of some big avoid contracts. It. Norman Powell. Who are you gonna get rid of that to? Cleveland, if they're gonna need to rebuild. Brooklyn for a second round pick. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're not getting rid of that Powell contract, like, <laughs> honestly. He's he's gonna be wrapped into those four years are done. It's sort of like the same situation that Orlando's in with Bismack Biombo. Like no one is gonna take that contract from Biombo. He's making like twelve to fourteen million a season. Who's gonna pay that? Ever. No one. So like unfortunately, he is gonna be a magic until that contract's done because every team's looking at you guys going like you guys are dumb. Um, it's unfortunate, but it's, what if it's what a, happens? It's a combo deal. It'd be like yo, take Norman Powell and we'll take Tristan Thompson. Okay. <laughs> I don't want that deal. Like that would be terrible. We'd have to give it like JV and Serge or something. JV, Demar, Kyle, Kyle uh, Lowy, our first two draft pick. Masai, Masai Ujuri's uh, firstborn son. Like this is it would not happen. Not happening. <clears throat> um, but going on here because we we have talked pretty well this this podcast here today. I know we were trying to keep it a little bit shorter for you guys. Um, the last thing that's not really basketball related, but it has been in the news as of, well, about 12 months ago here now that we were sort of just catching up because it is player just drama. Juicy. It is juicy player drama in the league. Um, funny enough that you talked about Tristan Thompson here. He is in, involved in that. About Tristan Thompson and Blake Griffin leaving their girlfriends behind. Their baby mamas. Um, for... I don't want to say the improvement of the Kardashian-Jenner clan, but but moving or on to Kardashian and Jenner. The acquisition of the Kardashian curse. And, and Jenner curse, because you have to group them together now. Um, for all of you guys that might not know, we did have a seg- um Blake Griffin was married with two 
kids? He wasn't married, but he had two kids. Two kids, okay. And there was supposed to be a verbal agreement that he was going to take care of her and her family for the rest of their lives. Makes sense. See, what happened was, I actually know a little bit about this because I love NBA drama. <laughs> love- yeah, our, resident, our resident tea <laughs> sipper. So, tea spiller. So, sorry, sorry. Right, spiller. You're not going to sip your tea, sip though? Um, what happened was Blake Griffin had this long-term girlfriend who was a fiance. Mm. And then after, she actually gave up her career for him. Right? Because I think she was like, she was with the team as like athletic therapist, something like that. Yeah. She had a good career. Gave it up for him to be, essentially support him full time, like emotionally, things like that. She released letters, actually, like love letters from him to her. And he signed it at Love Blakey. <laughs> Loser. Um, so what happened was then he asked her Kendall. all of a sudden mm-hmm. to sign a prenup a week, a week before their wedding or something. Apparently, it's very out of left field because, as you said, he basically agreed, I'm going to take care of you and your family because you took care of me like this whole time. Apparently, mm-hmm. she helped with like Chris Paul, Blake Griffin drama back yeah. in the day. Apparently, yeah. apparently. I think she helped with a lot of like endorsements and sponsorships as well, too. Yeah, she just helped him a lot. She, she, she's a, that come up girl. She's a good girl. But then after, so he asked her to sign a prenup. Then she was like, why am I going to sign a prenup? Called off the wedding. Seen a week later with Kendall. Fair. Um, granted, it was on the left field. I, I don't really have too much to say about the Blake Griffin whole situation because what they do off the court is not really my business. People have their own situations and whatnot. Um, it was kind of gutty. Like, I, I can't lie. It was kind of gutty. Like... You have a ride or die with you coming with the come up with you. And at the end, it's the Kanye West. It's the Kanye West line. When you make it, you go and get yourself a white check. Like, it's <laughs> it's unfortunate that he just dropped it for, for a new girl. But honestly, players, it's not the first time that this ha- has ever happened to an NBA side piece before. Like, I guarantee it's not going to be the last. Like, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate. Sometimes you got to secure the bag. You secured a five five year, hundred sixty eight million. Yeah, and now you about to secure a lifetime. <laughs> you don't a want billion dollar contract with a baby. Hey, I ain't pulling out. But, but I know, I know Blake Griffin is uh is a little bit disappointed about the whole situation. But I know he rebounded real quick with Kendall Jenner. Um, but moving over to one of her sisters with Khloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson, something of the same situation was going on. I know Dan, you have a little bit more information on this baby mama drama. Man, um. Uh, ever since there was even rumors that they were seeing each other, I was like, this is the worst possible thing for Cleveland. This is probably why Cleveland is doing so bad to begin with. The Clo- the Kardashian curse, man. That shit is real. Uh, I-, I know that we had uh, one point where James Harden was kind of dealing with the Jenner as well, too. Oh. No, it was it was it was Chloe. Was it Chloe as well? But he oh, got man. out of it. He got out of it because he's like, Tristan yo, saved his life. I'm trying to I'm trying to go to the strip club. I try to go to Houston. You know they got his jersey yeah, retired yeah. strip club. Yeah, yeah, he does at the Houston strip club. They got his jersey retired That's up there. Sad. But it's it's yes, it's a Kardashian curse. But really, it's the aftermath of it all. Like Kardashians as a whole have been in the sports world a lot, dating a lot of people. It all famously started with Kim Kardashian and Reggie Bush. A year after they broke up, Reggie won a Super Bowl. Okay, coincidence, whatever. So then Kim goes and moves on to Chris Humphreys. Absolute garbage player at the time. Absolute garbage. 
after he broke up with with Kim, he got a new fat contract with New Jersey coming off of the Raptors when he was I don't want to say even I don't I don't want to say decent. He, he was actually playing really good while he was with That's Kim. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. He wasn't decent. He got a nice contract with her cuz he was, was playing good. Yeah, it was at the after time. they broke up. That he went downhill. But like yeah. with the Kardashians, he got paid when he was with her. So that's another bonus. Um, Chloe was dating with James Harden. Really, this was about a year ago. Really before James Harden turned it on to what he has been in the last two years. Where he's right. been MVP candidate. So when you get a Kardashian or a Jenner <laughs> and then you drop him, you usually do big things after. <laughs> um, is that what Tristan's thinking about? Because that would be nice. But I don't think so, man. <laughs> I'm gonna say something that may be a little bit inappropriate. Okay. For the Don't forget, we are still PG here. Well, I guess we're PG 13 today, but I guess you know, you know, Mike's secret stuff in, in Space Jam. I think yeah. the Kardashians and Jenners got that. <laughs> they got this. Yeah, Mike's secret stuff, <laughs> dude. But and, and, and can you blame them? Because what do they do other than the Jenners recently? What do they do to make their money? They have some sort of secret stuff to, to to be where they are. I don't know. They, they, they don't have too much talent. Like It's just the reality TV shows. The yes. family's been in the business for forever. But I think it's something that's been mm. around a long time. Just back in the day, they used to call them socialites. They're not actually talented. They don't actually do anything. But they're just people who popular. go to events who are popular because of their looks and they're elegant. And they just were able to spin that and people make like a fortune it. off of it. They Good to them. Yeah, right? If I could do it, I would be doing it. So, you know, you guys stay our hustle on here in the Raptors Den, trying to make that subscription life, you know? (laughs) But overall, yes, it was gutty. Tristan Thompson left his pregnant wife at the time for his new boo, Chloe, that they met at a wedding that he had, that he went to with his old girlfriend at the time. Met Chloe at the wedding. Uh, a couple months later, Bob's your uncle, and now he's with Khloe Kardashian expecting another baby. So this guy has two babies, two baby mamas, when he's coming out of the streets of Brampton with <laughs> probably nothing on his record. And knowing that, he probably has a Brampton kid running around somewhere too. Oh so, my god. I don't know. Come Tristan on, Thompson, Tristan. keep doing it up, bro. Like, you got the money to support them all. Why not? Hey, secure the bag. Yeah, so you can do. Other than that, they're MVPs. I think we hit all of our topics that we were looking at this week. I know we were bringing it to you in a shortened uh, week here for you. Um, but as you guys know, thank you guys for sitting here watching the whole show. If you made it through the whole thing, you the real MVPs. You're the real MVP. So I know one wait, more thing. Wait, I, I feel like what I what I've just brought to this podcast are hot takes. So I think all of us need to have one last hot take before we end the podcast. No, I'll go first. Lonzo Ball and Isaiah Thomas, they're going to get in a fight before the season ends. There's going to be some drama. What's going to happen? Cool. Hear me out. Lavar's going to come in. From Lithuania. From Lithuania. He somehow got past security, got into a Lakers practice. And he's going to look at IT because he just shot two for 14 the night before. <laughs> Alonzo only got five shots. He's going to go to Isaiah. You ain't a big baller. <laughs> you little man. You a little baller. Itty bitty baller. <laughs> Looking <laughs> like one of Jeff Jonas Valanciunas's mother. <laughs> Coming from Lithuania, you probably see those big baller, um, the itty bitty ballers everywhere. Exactly. Then, little man syndrome. He's going to get in a fight with Lonzo. 
stop giving him shots. They're gonna get into it eventually at practice. Hey, that's a pretty decent hot take. I don't mind. It. You can see that happening, huh? I, I do. The way I, he connected the dots there, <laughs> and I made it raptor related. <laughs> if you if you want my one hot take, you guys can hear it first. Cavaliers are not making it out of the second round of these playoffs. I am a LeBron James believer. I think he is going to do big things, but I I just don't see the Cavaliers coming out of the second round. They're going to get bounced. I don't know by who. Um, Potentially, it looks like they're going to run into the Celtics' first round, the second round. I don't know. I think they might get bounced. That's that's a hot take, Dan. Mic drop. Man, my hot take is going to be far in the future. In five years, when LeBron James is pretty much at the end of his career and he's retired. If he's at his end of his career in five years, he has no signs of slowing down, though. My new favorite player at that time is going to be LeBron James. Ooh. Junior. Boo, boo, boo. <laughs> I was about Did to you? say, is LeBron about to hit his fourth prime? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I know we were trying to wrap it up here, guys. But um, speaking about that, LeBron James has come out and said that he wants to play on the same team as LBJJ, LeBron James Jr. Um... Is it possible? I he think it's is, possible. LeBron James is what thirty three right now, yeah. thirty two, mm-hmm. and then his son and his son is six, not sixteen, fourteen, thirteen, thirteen, fourteen, thirteen. Yeah, he possible. LeBron James has no sign of slowing down. And I think at that age, you're not gonna like. You might not even care about championship anymore. No, like he just shouldn't. he's just gonna play on the same team just for the shits and giggles. Do the the Griffey Junior. Ken Griffey Junior. played on the same team as his father in baseball. Baseball's a little bit different life expectancy. <laughs> But I think that would be super cool to see. It would be. It would be the first ever. It, uh, for NBA. Yeah. That's true. Um, but anyways, guys, we're going to wrap it up. We already said our sign off once, but you guys know it yet again. If you made it through, you're the real, you're MVP. The real MVP. All right, guys. Have a good one. Ah, ah, ah. Peace. Peace.